This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Please take your Bibles. Let's turn to Matthew's Gospel. We'll be in Matthew 6 as we uh, begin tonight. We'll be moving around looking at some other uh, texts as well. As we pray through the model prayer the Lord gave us in Matthew 6, it's easy to see that the first three requests are God's word. Look at verses 9 and 10. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, I love that because the focus, again, is towards God. And then even what we do here on earth, our focus still needs to be God. That, that what happens here through our lives is, is being accomplished just like things are being accomplished in heaven. The rest of the prayer, though, gives instructions on what we should pray for regarding our concerns. Until you get to the very end of the prayer, uh, where, again, we end in worship, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, first, we're instructed to pray when it comes to our concerns. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 11, every good and perfect gift comes down from God. I have to have his provision, not for most things, for everything, all right? But then that's followed by, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, verse 12. We've had a couple services where we've been looking at the theme of unity. Tonight we arrive at a subject that really either brings unity to a church or it reveals that there's disunity. We can come together, smile, shake hands, but God knows if we've forgiven our debtors just like Jesus has forgiven us. When we talk about forgiving others, the Holy Spirit very quickly brings faces to mind. And then perhaps incidents about things that have happened. You know tonight, I know tonight, if I am right with others. We know it. The Lord sees past the smiles and, and the things that we do to interact. And, and, uh, and I, I think most of it is legitimate, sincere, it reflects what we really are, but God knows if it's just a front for things that are not settled in the household of faith. He does. You and your spouse, God knows. And it's not even so much the problems between your, you and your spouse, it's what are you two doing to offer forgiveness and to bring reconciliation. Well, if he would just, well, if she would stop, 
What are you doing so you can be right with each other, so you can be right with your God? And then, in a church family, God knows. He sees past what's on the surface to what is really going on within the household of faith. By the way, with our children here tonight, boys and girls, you know if you're right with your brothers and sisters. Are you saved? Yeah, I know Christ is my Savior. Jesus is my Savior. Okay, this applies to you too. Certainly we need God's forgiveness every day. 1 John 1, 9. Some we, we will have to practice most days, if not every day. But Jesus qualified his instruction with a reality about how God's forgiving us is directly tied to our willingness to forgive others. In other words, the stark reality, there can be Christians who want to be right with God, but may go weeks, months, even years. They've not been able to have a conversation with God because they are holding out at forgiving someone else. We've been forgiven our offenses against the Father in heaven. And he expects us to forgive in the very same way. And so he's told us, when you go through that model prayer, that outline, you're going to be reminded every day, Lord, please forgive me just like I forgive others. Why? Because that's how he forgives. That's how he forgives. And so tonight, let's look at the forgiveness protocol. I want to remind us as we begin that prayer is first and foremost relational. I am so thankful for the Wednesday night crowd. You, I, one of the blessings for this pastor every week is, and I usually pray up here up front somewhere, is to be able to pray and hear voices behind me. Just unified, going to the Lord in prayer. Question, why isn't prayer meeting night the most attended, packed out service of the week? Why? Why? Well, Christians don't realize the incredible privilege sometimes it is to spend time in conversation with our Lord. You and I get to talk to God. If, if you had the opportunity to meet some famous person, some celebrity, you got to shake their hand, visit with them, you'd want to come and talk to people about that. Guess who I met? Guess who I was with? But what about the fact that anytime you want, you can go in front of the throne room of heaven and talk to the Father? Christians who don't pray betray an attitude of not wanting to fellowship with their Lord. Now, there can be different reasons for that. Simply being too busy. I've got things I've got to get done. Or 
Sometimes it's because they don't think it's important. They just don't. Or they've convinced themselves that God really doesn't want to hear from them. That's terrible. That's the flesh. Your God wants to hear from you. How do we know that? Well, the first chapters in the Bible, he showed up to talk to Adam and Eve every day. He longed for that. And Jesus was teaching his disciples in Matthew 6 that their relationship with the Father impacted their relationship with others. And their relationship with others impacted their relationship with God. So this is why the forgiveness protocol is so important. Now you probably don't need a definition of forgiveness, but let's review, okay? And I think this will be a help to us. Forgiveness defined. What are we talking about when we're talking about forgiveness? What When the Lord uh, is instructing the disciples on how to pray and, and instructing us as his disciples. Within what he says is actually the definition. And here it is. Forgiveness is simply releasing someone from a debt. Releasing someone from a debt. The Greek word for debt here was used in Roman times for an actual legal debt. It, it's forgiving a legal debt. It is possible for a person to think someone owes them something when actually they don't. This protocol does make us stop and consider if a wrong has actually been done or if I am in the wrong for thinking so. We can convince ourselves of things that may not be so. And so even this prayer, Lord, forgive me my debts as I forgive those who have debts towards me, makes me stop and consider, do we really have an issue here? According to God's word, is there really an issue here? Now, again, the Holy Spirit helps clear this up for us. The scripture comes to light, comes to bear on things, and we know, no, there, there is something that is definitely wrong here because here's what God says. Now, if there is such an issue, legally, if someone owes me something and they don't pay, it is sin, right? Exodus 20, verse 15, it's called stealing. That's sin, okay? But Jesus here was speaking about moral and spiritual debts. How do we know that? Well, you're in Matthew 6. Go down to verse 14. For if ye forgive men their, here's the word, trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So that is certainly included. This is also what Luke says in his account of the Lord's model prayer in Luke 11 and, and verse 4. He actually uses the word sin. Okay? So this is speaking about, Jesus is talking about moral and spiritual debts, though it could include legal debts if somebody is not willing to fulfill their obligation there. Now, if someone has sinned against me and there is a moral spiritual offense, they have an obligation to make it right. At this point, we would all agree. 
They did me wrong. They need to come to me and make that right. However, what the Lord's model prayer does is put the impetus and the responsibility not on them. Where do you think he puts the responsibility? It's on me. All right? It's on me. It's on you if someone has sinned against you. Harold Vaughn, and we've been using his resource uh, for some of the material, but he says this, the act of forgiving others is strictly between us and God. Forgiveness is not a feeling, but a choice. Forgiveness is not an emotion. Now, obviously, emotions can complicate forgiveness. That's why some of you may not have forgiven you, you don't know what they did, Pastor. Ah, I see them and my blood pressure goes up. Ah. Okay, emotions can complicate forgiveness, but it's not about emotions. It's a decision to release our offenders from their debt. Forgiveness is something we work out with God, and I would say first in the secret place of prayer. And I agree with Harold Vaughn. You're going to, if you're going to be able to forgive, the only way you're going to work through the emotions, the hurt, is you're going to have to spend time alone with God about it first. But that is the key. Why? Because you don't have the right to stay offended. Well, you don't. You don't. You have the responsibility to release others of their sins against you just like the Lord released you. Remember Jesus teaching the disciples and he gives that story about the man that owed his master an amount he could not pay. And he comes to the master and he begs and the master graciously wipes the debt away. Done, gone. He leaves and he finds another servant who owes him but just a little bit. Not, I mean, this is something that this guy could pay off and he says to his fellow servant, just give me time, I'll pay it. Nope. He has the man thrown in prison. Well, that's going to help him pay you back. Have you ever thought about how unreasonable unforgiveness is? Has him thrown in prison. And the other servants, they see what's happening. They don't gossip, but they do talk. Gossip is when you're not part of the solution. They all were part of the solution here. And so they talk and they agree, we need to go to the master about this. They go to the master and they tell him what happened. And you know the end of the story. He declares judgment on that servant. He says, I forgave you what you could not pay and you would not forgive your fellow servant. Now understand that that's exactly what happens when you withhold forgiveness from somebody who's wronged you. 
I stand here tonight guilty of putting an innocent man on, a, on the cross. And by the way, you're guilty too. And he hung on the cross and he paid my, the penalty for my sin. And when I put my faith in Christ and I asked him to save me, you know what he, he justified? He gave me his righteousness and there's no more debt. Romans 8, verse 1, There is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Ah, praise God. Oh, but my flesh wants to rise up and say, You did me wrong. I can't forgive. I've had people, I can't forgive that. Christians, I won't forgive that. All right. Now, how do we go about releasing others of their debt against us? Well, I'm grateful Scripture has the clear answer. And again, our time is limited tonight. There's so much more we could say about this. But let's look at forgiveness delivered, okay? Giving deliverance or giving forgiveness to someone else. The Lord's model prayer has already shown us the first step. The first step is we pray. If anybody ever says to you, well... I, I just, I'm struggling to forgive somebody. First question to ask them is, did you pray to the Lord about that? Because the Holy Spirit will clear your mind and help your perspective. First, we pray. We clear our spirits with God, seeking His enablement to sincerely work to release the person from the wrong committed. First of all, in my mind so that in the conversation, this can be settled. And again, if it is truly an offense in God's eyes, just because they didn't do what you wanted them to doesn't mean that they're in sin. I've reminded us of this before. I should always pray, uh, is it sin or should love hide it? I don't always have to be right. I don't always have to win. Is it really sin? All right. So our prayer should include then the following. Lord Jesus, you forgave me a debt I could not pay, and I didn't deserve your forgiveness. Regardless of my emotions, Lord, please enable me to forgive whatever it is. All right. Help me to forgive this far lesser wrong against me. Now, as we pray, or I'm sorry, as we purpose to forgive the offender, we have one goal in mind. One goal, and it's this, reconciliation for the glory of God. Reconciliation for the glory of God. This brings up the second step then. We pray, and then we confront. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands tonight, but how many of you, that's your favorite thing in all the world? I have met people say, I like it. And then I have to be careful what I say next. Like, you're weird and what's your problem? Okay. We confront, well, what does that look like? Take your Bible and let's go over to Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 17. 
Notice verse 3. Jesus again speaking to the disciples, take heed to yourselves. If any brother trespass against thee, that sounds familiar. That's the same theme of what we've been talking about, right? Brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day return again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt, question whether he really means it, you know, thou shalt forgive him. Now, I love verse 4 because it touches the heart of the matter just like Matthew chapter 6. The heart, what is your heart? And I need to go to the Lord daily about this. Lord, help me to have a forgiving heart. People are going to fail me just like I fail people. Isn't it amazing? Somebody does something and, and, and they sin against me. It's, oh, on planet Earth, how could that ever happen? Same reason you do it. We all, even if we know Christ and have the new nature, Jesus living right here, you and I still have fallen flesh. Okay, so we confront. What does that mean? Well, rebuke here means to reprove. But in such a way that reconciliation with God and man can be achieved. So let me be practical tonight. If you go and your attitude is already you're guilty until you prove to me you're innocent, you're, you're erecting walls and that's not going to bring about reconciliation. I don't know how many times we say this in counseling and other biblical counselors will tell you, but questions open the heart, statements close the heart. So go asking questions. How did, Jesus, how did the Lord... Come to Adam and Eve in the garden. Where are you? I saw what you did. No. Adam and Eve, where are you? Well, here's what, it, here's what we did, and, we, and now we know we're naked. Who told you that? God was not seeking information, folks. He was seeking to open their hearts. God did the same thing with a fella named Cain. Where's your brother? Now later we find out God already knew the answer. Of course he did. He's God. Your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. But Cain, I, I've, this is not just once, but twice now I've come to you giving you an opportunity to open your heart and be right with me. Cain wouldn't do it. So, we go with an attitude so that reconciliation can be achieved. This doesn't mean we go with a chip on our shoulder. In fact, Galatians 6.1 tells us to go with the spirit of meekness, considering ourselves, lest we also be what? Okay, you need to look up Galatians 6.1. Lest we also be tempted. Why? Whatever I'm going to talk to them about, I have the same ability to fail that way. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.2, this is instruction to preachers, that pastors are to reprove and rebuke, same word, but it should be with all long suffering, patient, 
mild, long-suffering, and doctrine. In other words, it's a doctrinal issue. This needs to be about what God thinks, not what you think. And so with doctrine. And this is necessary for all the church to follow. So reconciliation necessitates a confrontation so that the offender will repent, will agree with God about the wrong committed. And, and, and I, I believe from what we're seeing in Scripture, this is a pleading. Brother in Christ. I'm not trying to beat you with the Bible, but can you see this is what God says? It's about him. Will you agree with him? And then to be right with him, would you be willing to admit you're wrong to me and, and seek my forgiveness? I want to release you, but you've got to acknowledge this. Yeah, I, I will. I will. This step requires selflessness on your part, just as it will require humility on their part. But remember what Jesus suffered so we could be reconciled back to him. Do you think it was easy what the Lord did? He was under such emotional strain in the Garden of Gethsemane that he hemorrhaged blood. Why? Because he wanted to offer forgiveness to you and me. Well, I don't. I just don't think I can. I, I just don't think I can forgive him. You're going to have to deny yourself because your feelings don't matter. What he wants is what matters. But it's what's best for you. So you'll need to deny yourself to be like Jesus in seeking the reconciliation of another. Once things have been made right, seek for the relationship to return to what pleases Christ. When I confess my sin to the Lord, you know what? I am forgiven. I have never heard a voice, the Holy Spirit saying, okay, you're grounded. Now my flesh says that. Yeah, you blew it again. No, 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 he, he doesn't forgiven. It's settled. Let's move on. But what happens if they refuse to agree with God about their sin and will not reconcile with you? Well, we saw it here in Luke 17. If they repent, forgive them. But what if they won't repent? First of all, again, declare your desire for reconciliation with the persons so that they can be reconciled to God. You may have to remind them, look, this is clearly sin. I'm capable of doing the same thing. But do you realize if we don't get this resolved, if you don't make this right with me, you can't be right with God. We don't want to go on this way. You need to be right with God. Remind them of the truths that we've considered together tonight. Now, if you're dealing with another believer, follow the principles of Matthew 18. Hopefully you've gone alone. Now you can take two or three. If they won't hear them, you take it to the church. And by the way, what is revealed if they're not willing to listen to the church? 
you, you probably are dealing with an unbeliever. Matthew 18 hardly ever gets all the way through the process if a Christian is dealing with another Christian. Because reconciliation happens if it's done in a way that pleases the Lord. But if you get all the way through and they don't care, you're not, they can call themselves a Christian. But the Lord says, treat them like an unsaved person because that's clearly their attitude, their heart. But then don't stop there. This is where the freedom comes in for the child of God. At that point, you need to release them to God. Here's the key. You have to release. The goal is to be able to release them from the sin. Look, I, I forgive you. It, things are right. Praise God. You've been able to release them. If they're not willing to make it right, you release them to God, but you need to release. Romans 12, 19, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Release them to God. You can pray to the Lord, Lord, I want to forgive them. Would you continue to work in their heart? Uh, Lord, I, I release them to you, and I am releasing my feelings and my emotions along with releasing them to you. When I see them, I'm going to look on them with compassion. And what does the scripture say? And treat them not like an enemy, or treat them like a brother. Don't treat them like an enemy. All right? So when you, when you see them, you, we mark those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine that we have learned, and we avoid them. We shun them. Why? Because, again, we're reminding them, look, our relationship can't be right because you've got unsettled things in your life. And so my love for you, and we, we can't be friends we're not going to pretend like everything's okay because with what's going on in your life, you can't be right with the Lord. I want you to be right with God so that we can all be reconciled. But release them. How do you know if you've released them to God? Whether you get all worked up every time you think about them in the situation. By the way, you may need to release them to God over and over. Your, your flesh never gets cured of anything. And I, I'll confess to you, Matthew chapter 6, there have been more than one morning where I've had to release somebody back to God. Uh, you know, if, it, it seems to me like it always happens when I'm mowing lawn. Somebody's face comes to mind. and I want to throw the lawnmower across the fence, you know. Release them, release them. There will be times when you may have to suffer loss for the name of Christ as well. You've released them, but they still owe you money. They still haven't completed the job at your house that as a brother in Christ he said he would do. Now maybe he forgot, so you need to talk about that. No, they owe me, I'm going to civil court. God said, don't do that. Be willing to suffer loss. By the way, for hurting the testimony of Christ and further hurting your, 
Who provides your needs anyway? Can God take care of that without you ruining your testimony in the Lord's? Sure he can. So be willing to suffer that loss. Now, again, I wish we had more time tonight. I am not suggesting that if somebody breaks the law, commits a crime, that, well, we, we just release them to God. No, no, no. There's church authority. There's government authority. And if they've broken the law, they need to face the penalty of government authority. It doesn't help them if we just all look the other way and pretend it didn't happen. Now, that's, that's another whole subject, all right? But we need to release them to God. So let's conclude. We could say more about this, this forgiveness protocol. But let me just remind you tonight, this will bring freedom to your heart if you'll practice what God is saying. You're not perfect, don't expect your spouse to be. You're not perfect, don't expect your church to be. But how do we help people not be perfect, but how do we help them be right? We just follow what God has said. Follow what God has said. It'll bring freedom. You know what? It will actually work to strengthen relationships. I said earlier, I don't like confrontation. But you know what? I embrace it. Say, Pastor. No, no, I embrace it because when I've had these scraps in the household of faith and, and, and I've wronged somebody and had to go to them or they, I've had to go to them so that we could be right, do you know what always happens where two hearts want to please God, it strengthens our friendship and our relationship. It makes it better. You know, we don't, we don't see each other in church and it's like, oh, yeah. it's not, it's not, no, it, our, our relationship has be, been strengthened. And so let's practice Ephesians 4.32, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let's practice the forgiveness protocol. Stand please with me. Father, thank you for your forgiveness tonight. Lord, as I've preached this, my heart has been that every member of Good News Baptist Church would know the freedom of being right with brothers and sisters in Christ and Therefore, being able to be right with you. But as we've looked at these truths tonight, if there's a marriage here where someone needs to forgive, Lord, would you help them to follow these biblical steps to consider whether or not there is actually a sin issue or if it's a preference issue and they want their own way. And Lord, maybe... It's two brothers in Christ here, two sisters, where there is something between them. And reconciliation in a mind is they have to agree with me. Lord, would you help them to see that you have to win? We don't have to win. You have to win. And Lord, our differences can actually make us stronger if we'll be willing to trust you. But help us to deal with sin. 
And Lord, help us to have great spiritual insight and grace in dealing with our problems with each other. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.